gives us spiritual gift to build up each other and it's for his glory and for the common good. Good morning, my name is Brian. Uh, my wife Jesse and I are members at WSBC. Uh, it's my privilege an honor I'm able to share a word with all of you. Yeah, if you're like me, I enjoy going to the movie. Uh, you probably noticed for the past 10 to 15 years, superheroes theme movie are just dominating in movie industry. Uh, if you go to the theater expecting watching other genres of movie, uh, I'm sorry, you just probably won't find much options, right? I mean, uh, I mean, it's, it's surely indicating that most people like it, right? I mean, that's just the fact that it's, it's everywhere and you just can't avoid them. So I think, like for us, when we're watching TV or uh, a movie, it's like get away from reality and it gives us a little, little bit of a like, short break from our world. So I wonder why superhero movies are so popular. I mean, could this mean it's like a reflection or it's like a fulfillment of our fantasy or desire for having some sort of superpower or special moments in our life? So it got me to think about this question. Because today we will continue to look at Paul's letter to Corinth. And in today's passage, Paul is addressing the issue on spiritual gifts. And the context is, some believers in Corinth have these spiritual gifts that some others don't. So when they're misusing it, when they're not using it in certain order, uh, people were confused. And, and they don't know how to respond to it. I mean, if you think about it, if this happened in our midst, this could happen in our midst, if we're not doing it in the right way or in a proper, properly used, uh, it could be really confusing for, for all of us too. So is my prayer through this text or the study together we'll have a better understanding on what spiritual gifts are and how we ought to use these gifts the way God had intended for us. All right, please follow along um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 to 11, printed in your bulletin, or you can flip to your uh, physical copy. Um, go ahead uh, and read it. This is God's word. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the Spirit of utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. 
to another, the work of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wish, as, as he wills. This is God's word. I think the main idea of this passage is this. God gives us spiritual gift to build up each other, and it's for his glory and for the common good. And I have three points to support this idea. First point, um, spirit of God lead and give life. It's verse one to three. And second point, God's character and his unity is displayed. Uh, verse four to six. My third point, our gifts are meant to glorify him and build up each other. It's from 7 to 11. Well, let's look at the first point. Spirit of God, lead and give life from verse 1 to 3. Well, before I begin, right, I think when we talk about spiritual gifts, it often gives the impression that it always revolves around like supernatural phenomenon. And you're not wrong about that. And it was because, in fact, there's a lot of these instances not of the supernatural had happened in the Bible. So I think in order for us to understand it, have the right perspective to understand it, we should go to um, Bible to say, to see like, how, what it says about it and how it all, all happened. I mean, let's go to uh, John chapter 14, 15 to 17. I remember before Jesus' ascension, Jesus promised to his disciple that as we trust and follow him, he will send helper. He promised Holy Spirit in dwelling with us to be with us forever. And then we jump to uh, the book of uh, Acts, just like what Jesus had promised after Jesus' ascension on the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit was poured out onto Christians and some immediately able to speak tongues and amount other miracles, just like what Jesus had promised. Like, so, we have to understand, spiritual gifts are biblical, so it is according to God's will and according to Jesus' promise. So it's a gift from God. And I want you to understand, until today, Christians are still receiving these spiritual gifts from God. So some Christians are able to speak tongue, and others can perform miracles, so it's, it's the right thing. It's biblical. But we must notice one thing, though. This is a gift that we don't earn it, or we don't get to trade it, or we don't get to uh, practice for it. He gifts according to his will. We can jump ahead to verse seven, uh, 11, which we read before. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportion to each one individually as he wills. So it would be wrong if a church asked their member to practice or do works to earn it, right? We shouldn't envy others, and um, no, we just don't, don't work for it. Right? This, is not, this is not how it works, and it's not God's intention for us. So with a little bit of a history, how it all happened, how spiritual gifts were given, um, so now we can go back to the, in the context, context of a current church. And it does seem like some believer there, they're able to speak tongues publicly. So it raised the concern, and Paul is addressing these concerns. Now, 
Let's look at uh, verse 1 and 2 again. Now concerning spiritual gift, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to your idols, however you were led. Well, um, let me give you some, um, maybe we should uh, slow down a little bit, take, put a pause, and try to, there are a few words there. I'm trying to make sure uh, we, I'll give you some uh, background. But the word pagan here, it, it, it says in verse uh, 2, is referring to people that, who don't know about God, referring to non-believers. Uh, and the word idols here is referring to man-made religion. Uh, in this very context, right, Paul is actually referring to Corinth's cultural background. And you have to understand, they were polytheistic, which means that they believe in many gods, lowercase gods. Right? So I think most of us are familiar with like Greek uh, mythology, and it was a huge part of their culture and religion background. So, um, so and, and, and if, if some of you are familiar with these mythology, it often revolved with the story of like revenge, greed, jealousy, and even wars among these gods. Right? So you need to understand, these are man-made muted idols, and they were created based on our sinful nature. So think about it, how could these gods ever be like a good example to anyone? And all these gods are pointing to self-promotion, self-advancement, isn't it? Now, you could imagine if some member were speaking tongue publicly, well, first, it just seemed like they're more special, right? They're, they're more special than the others. The others don't, right? It could easily be misunderstood and causing jealousy and pride between the speakers and people around them. Well, second, you could also leave the wrong impression that the person is not glorifying God. Uh, could seem like a self-promotion, right? It's like a self-promotion stunt sort of thing. It's very dangerous. And you can see that this is definitely hurting the unity of the church. So Paul understood where they are coming from and also understood they're immature in their faith. So they're trying to walk away from uh, what they used to and saying, well, it, it's okay, you just didn't know, right? Uh, you were led astray. So that's basically what verse 1 and 2 is talking about, um, understanding their background and trying to encourage them. It's okay. Now immediately, well, let's look at uh, verse 3. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking spirit of God ever say Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So Paul goes on saying, well, well now that you are a Christian, well, how do we know that? Uh, the fact that he, he said speaking in the spirit of God, so he assumed and he agreed they are Christians. So now that you're a Christian, you have a new identity. You need to acknowledge there are two realities. Well, one, that no one speaking the Spirit of God ever say Jesus is cursed. Well, when people were speaking tongue in public, others don't understand. Um, they're actually accusing the speaker is cursing Jesus. It doesn't sound like anything, so they didn't understand. They're very confused. Like, Are you actually swearing or cursing at Jesus? Well, first, Paul encouraged him. Well, have trust and confidence in God. There's no mistake. He's giving these gifts for certain people that they're able to speak tongue. So just because you didn't understand, you don't have to judge others. Leave the judgment to God or have faith. He's in control. So it's not a mistake. He's mistaken a gift to someone. Right? A second, and Paul goes on and say, 
Well, no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Well, it's very interesting. Paul is reminding all Christians when you come to Christ, becoming a Christian, he was all led by Holy Spirit, not because of our own knowledge, not because of our abilities. So it's all because of God. If you were to summarize hey, what's happening here, Paul is basically saying, well, if you think speaking in tongue is such, such a special miracle or is such a thing that you should be jealous over or you have a question over, you should pay attention. You should see the fact that God saved you was even a bigger miracle. Uh, you see, it, when it comes to spiritual matter, it's so easy to, for us to even to, to kind of after a supernatural experience. And we should acknowledge a lot of time the miracles actually happened within us. And here we can see Holy Spirit leading us. Friends, kids, teenagers, uh, who are with us, if you're not a Christian, or you're wondering what it means to be a Christian, we're glad that you're here today with us. You may have heard of the term gospel. We talked about that. It means good news. This is what you need to know about gospel. Now, Jesus Christ lived a perfect life and died on the cross, bearing God's wrath for you and I. And when we turn away from our sins and trust him, in his sacrifice, his own spirit, the spirit that we just talked about, he will give us real life and our relationship with God will be restored. And as Christians, we are united together and sharing in the same spirit. God's spirit indwelling in us help us to know more about God, his love for us. And this is, this is gospel. If you want to know more about it, uh, we'd love to tell you more, and you can talk to me or talk to other members after the service. Um, yeah, but please, please consider this and think about this. You didn't just happen to wake up and be here by yourself, right? You're here for a reason. Perhaps a friend invited you. Perhaps you come with your family. But take heart. God is speaking to you. God is moving you, so don't ignore him. Consider it. Now, we've talked about God gives according to his will, and so there's no mistake. And now let's continue to focus more on uh, God's character, who he is. And that brings us to our next point. His character and unity is displayed. Let me read to you again. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit and there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now see, Paul wants us to understand this truth, right? He's breaking it down so we could understand. Now, let's, let's just look at it together. There are different gifts, but all coming from the same Spirit. <laughs> And you are using these gifts to serve in different variety of service. That means ministry. And all these ministry, the purpose is to, to point people toward the same Lord. That's Jesus Christ. And all activity that are happening, all because of God the Father empowering us. So Paul wants us to acknowledge the reality of God is in control. And all that, that happened is for his glory 
and for our sake. Have you noticed verse 4 to 6, there's a repetition going on? Uh, it repeated three times, right? You, you see, there's same and a variety of same, variety actually three times. Paul is very intentional about this. Paul want us to point, want to point us to our triune God, uh, who is three person in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Unlike any muted idols that we have talked about, our God desired unity. And, our uni and, and you can see inner Godhead works perfectly together. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They work perfectly, harmonizing. It's three in one. So Paul is very intentional about the sentence structure because, again, he wants us to see his character through this um, structure. And we should be reminded that, and we have actually mentioned before, that God is a giver by nature. I mean, just look at it together. In fact, that the Father gave the Son, Jesus, to redeem us, and Father did not have to give. And Jesus Christ accomplished redemption. Jesus Christ achieved what sinner never could. Then Jesus ascended to heaven and gave more. He poured out the Holy Spirit on us, and the Spirit gives life and gives spiritual gifts. So God himself overcome our self-centered culture, isn't it? Unlike anything, anyone in this world. So how can we respond to this? Well, maybe we should continue to look at the verse 7. Look, at, look with me again. To each is given a manifestation of spirit for the common good. And notice here, notice here, um, first the words each. So God gives Christian spiritual gift to every single one of us. Yes, we all have gifts or multiple gifts. No exception. Second, something that you should notice, your gifts are meant for the common good. That means the church community. So this is the way we should respond. We're called to give ourselves to the church community. We're called to give and serve others with our gifts. And the reality is that you never know what kind of gift you have if you don't participate. You will only know unless you're part of the ministry, you're part of the church body. I remember when I first became a Christian, uh, someone gave me a book called Purpose Driven Life. Uh, I found it very helpful. Uh, it explained Christianity to me. Uh, and, and what makes it kind of special about this book is that the author recommend, recommended readers to spend at least a day or two to read per chapter and then give time to kind of sink in. So it has about like 40 chapters. Uh, I definitely spend more than 40 days to kind of slowly kind of read it and trying to, as I'm reading it, I'm trying to live out my, my church life just to kind of gain some perspective. So I remember around the midway of this book, I mean, most of the chapter I found really super helpful. I can relate to, I, I can like, wow, this is how it works at church. Oh, that's great, I, I'm learning. But about kind of the midway of this book, they spent about like five to six chapters to talk about conflict, unity, and, and kind of like building up others. I thought to myself, uh, okay, I, I, I guess it's a big deal because they spent so much time in asking us, almost like spending a long time trying to, to understand this. But you see, the problem is I did not know how to relate. I did not know how to relate to this part of the story. I just felt like, um, what's happening? I don't understand this. Why he spent so much time about conflict? I don't have any conflict with anyone. 
I, I don't, seems like any, none, none of these things are speaking to me. Well, now I'm looking back. You see, the church that uh, I used to uh, attend is a, uh, it's a much bigger church. Uh, actually, it has a lot more people gather. So uh, what I used to do is I will go in late. So I will avoid worship. I will avoid mingling. I will avoid chit-chatting with anyone. So uh, you could imagine, actually, I don't, I don't have any relationship there. No one really knows me. And I don't know anyone. So of course, there's no conflict. There's no unity. I was just there by myself. Uh, so friends, I want to share with you. Now I'm looking back. It was wrong. This is not the right way to understand um, uh, what Christianity is about. And then, of course, there is no spiritual gift manifest there. So God gave us so much. And not so that we can hold on to it for ourselves, right? He wants to give back what is given to us. And he wants to want us to meet with other members. So God wants us to build up each other with his spiritual gift. If you're a Christian and you're not member of any church, I highly recommend you to join one, commit to a local church, to be part of the ministry, to develop deeper relationship with one another to serve others. This is the only way to manifest your spiritual gift. Now let's ask the question, how do we glorify and build up others with our gift then? That brings us to the uh, uh, final point. Our gifts are meant to glorify him and build up each other. Let me read to you again. Text. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gift of healing by this one Spirit. To another, the work of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportion to each one individually as he will. Well, I think before we go any further, I think I must give a very clear definition of what spiritual gift really is. Uh, and to understand it, we should go to Romans chapter 1, 11. Well, Paul wrote, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. I think the key word here is strengthen. And I think this is the definition. Spiritual gifts is a gift that is given by God. It's a gift that used to strengthen others' faith in Christ. Let me repeat that again. So spiritual gift is a gift that meant for strengthening others' Christian faith in Christ. So it simply means that um, you use this gift to help others to either to know more about God, or you can use this gift to help others to have more trust, more faith in God. And, and, and I want you to have like a very clear distinction between some, sometimes we say, well, this person is really gifted, right? Let me just give an example. Say a CEO for a leading corporation, managing, directing people, generating like billions of revenues of his business. Well, to, don't, don't get me wrong, to do this job right, it requires a lot of skill, and this person has to be gifted. 
the gift is actually given by God, just that the person might not acknowledge it, but it is coming from God. So this is not a spiritual gift. Do you understand? Do you see that difference? So this is a skill set that not helping others to have more trust and faith in God. So I hope that we can have a very clear distinction what that means. So now going back to our context, going back to our passage in Bible, there are a few passages that have a similar structure. It has like a list of spiritual gifts, very similar to this that we'll be looking at. Um, what you need to understand, uh, this is not a list of must-have, right? It's not a requirement. It's not a requirement. So we're not uh, actively going, looking for someone who can speak tongue or someone can heal. Like that's not what we, we, we do as a church, right? Okay, all right, sure. You need someone able to explain God's word clearly, but we're definitely not actively, this is not a list that we look at and like, wow, we need this and we need that, right? That's not what it meant. And on the other hand, we should also understand if there are certain gifts that are not listed here, that doesn't mean that they're not qualified as one. As long as the purpose is to strengthen others' faith in Christ. You understand? So that's a clear distinction. I don't know, have you ever wondered, if you look at this list, right, have you ever wondered why these gifts? If you look at it, it's like, oh, why are these gifts? Why some of these gifts are not in there? Well, the answer is very simple. Have you noticed? These gifts are all pointing to Christ. If you look again, I hope you can see all these gifts listed here. They're actually representing Jesus' different roles for us. Right? Let me point it out. He is a prophet for us. He's a priest for us. And he's a king for us. And if you look at this list of gifts, actually you fall into these three categories. Oh, let, me, let me kind of talk about them, explain how, how they fit in. Prophetic gifts, right? Their ability based on our understanding are able to articulate the truth. These including utterance of wisdom, utterance of knowledge, prophecy, speaking tongues, interpretation, distinguish between spirit, and another example in New Testament, you can even see evangelism, teaching, speaking. So basically, essentially, it's communicating God's truth with clarity. So these sets of spiritual gifts can help us to know more about God. And then the second category, priestly gifts. There are, these are the ability that, based on understanding and supplying basic needs. Well, these include encouragement, pastoring, serving, sharing, have mercy on others, healing. These are all kind of fall into this category. And the third category is kingly kingly gifts. These are abilities based on understanding direction, group needs, basic leadership, organizing, arrange, and administration. You see, running a church requires a lot of administrative support, isn't it? I mean, budgeting, finance, where do we meet, how do we meet, um, the order of the service, there are a lot of behind the scenes works has to be done, has to happen before we can even meet. So I do want to take this opportunity to give, a, to give some shout out to certain members doing a lot of these administrative works and they don't actually have a title for them. Well, Sophie, Hannah, Sherry, Evelyn, Lena, weeks in and weeks out, they help with our bulletin, clerk, 
meeting minutes, a lot of this administrative work, members directory, etc. We thank you for blessing the church body with your gifts. So I hope that you can see that there's no mistake. God will not give out like random gifts. Right? These, these gifts are listed here for a reason, and it all points back to Jesus. It's for his own glory. Now, if you hear some of the gifts that we've mentioned, I've mentioned, and you believe you do have them, oh, praise God. That's awesome. Thank God for giving you such awesome gifts. Praise him. And I would encourage you to continue to bless and strengthen others with it. But what if you feel like you're looking at the list, listen to the, to the list we talked about, and none of the gifts we mentioned that you feel like you have, or you even try different ministry, it seems like nothing works out. So you might question, am I missing out something? Am I not gifted? Well, brother and sister, I want you to rest assured, each one of us gets a gift or multiple gifts. You're not missing out and don't doubt. And you know the biggest problem here? We need to stop thinking in terms of labeling. We need to stop expecting title. Uh, what I meant, maybe I should give you some example. Like when you know someone in the church going through a very painful experience, having a hard time, in deep sorrow, you offer prayer, you listen, you encourage, you walk with this brother and sister, you remind this brother and sister God's love for him and her. How about that? I don't have a name for this gift, but what you're doing is spiritual gift. I'll give you another example. When you see someone's lonely, being alone, you offer a meal, you offer time and fellowship to remind this brother and sister that they're part of the body. They shouldn't walk alone. You show hospitality toward this person. Again, I don't have a name or term for it, but this is a spiritual gift. Or what about someone who's struggling in sins? A brother or sister struggling in sins, you have encouraged, you have the courage, to point out and walk with this brother and sister in hoping they would turn away whatever they're struggling with to guide the brother and sister to lean into the church and onto God. Again, I don't have a term for this, but this is spiritual gift. What about conflict in church, right? You know there are conflict between members. You know that you need to be the person to facilitate to reach out to resolve the conflict because you know that church unity is at stake. So you didn't just ignore, but you reach out. Again, I don't have a term for it. Perhaps peacemaker, I don't know. But this is spiritual gift. Brother and sister, I hope you can see that our spiritual gifts are not bound to any of these lists. And you and I need to be confident that God knows exactly what we need and there is no mistake why we don't have certain gifts. Friends, brothers and sisters, we must conclude. I hope you can see that unity is what God desired. God called us to be together in unity. It's hard work. It's hard work, but we should trust God is given what is enough for us. We just need to trust him, be committed to one another, be involved, and serve others with our gifts, and you will manifest and you will strengthen each other. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your spiritual gift on us. And continue to encourage us 
to serve one another, to allow our gift to manifest. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.